Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Looks like we've got Luke Kelly back on the line. Sorry about that. Luke, uh, how's your week been in Perth? right sort of timing to get away uh, a few days together and obviously get a couple of really good hit outs in and the, uh, the, the other, they've turned the weather on over here for us as well which has been great and the the feeling amongst the group Luke has been positive about a, a different look at this time of the year that we were just saying off air that the, your guys capacity to play Adelaide a lot over the last few years has probably become a little bit boring for you to be able to get over and play two different oppo and have a week together has that been a positive so far for you guys yeah, definitely. You want to always test yourself out against different teams and different ways of playing. And um, so, no, it's been it's been great to get over here. And as I said, if anything, spend a lot more time together and, and build into round one. But no, we've been fortunate enough to play two very good sides um, in this in this lead up. Have you been? Have you done anything unique that uh, you wouldn't do in a lead up to a season here in Adelaide? Like because you're in Perth, has there been a special bonding session or or anything? unique that's uh, happened in Perth? Uh, no, not really. I think the beauty of the group of boys that we've got um, is that they, we all get along and they all they all connect really well. And I think it's just sort of, if anything, just giving them more opportunities to naturally spend more time together and eat together and go to the beach and um, more more just sort of the natural ways that we, we like to get to know each other and connect, which has been fantastic. And just going on to the playing side, Luke, and the potential structure you guys might unfold or unveil this week and into round one, you have a, a surplus of tools. When you look at Sam Hayes, uh, Charlie Dixon, uh, Vicentini, Bryn Tickle, Scott Lysette, it looks like a, a, a really strong area of your list. Has it really emerged as to who those one or two are going to be that will get the first opportunity? Oh, look, uh, that, we're, we're in a very fortunate position to have them all up and going at the same time you know talk about less than six months ago what, what it sort of looked like in that area so uh, I think at the moment we're just we're just thankful that we've got all those guys um, clearly Scott's been a really great performer for us over a period of time and he's been and so he'll obviously get first crack at it uh, tomorrow um, but the beauty is that he's been competing up against you know Bryn and Hazy and, and these guys that have really started to push him and, and test him out for his spot, which is great. just want to ask you about uh, Dante Vizantini. I saw a little bit of him at sample level last year, and uh, I guess his name's been mentioned a little bit in the last week. How's his development gone? Yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's a really good young man, really keen to learn. He's smart, um, but he's also got that competitive edge about him, so... No, he's, he's progressing really well. You know, with, with young guys, they can take their time, but he's able to get exposed to a lot of ruck last year um, and really grow his ruck craft. And then, obviously, with the plethora of tools, there is opportunity to go forward um, through our pre-season just due to the numbers. And he's been able to really add that to his to his game, that ability to go forward and provide a contest, which we saw last week on two really good defenders in, in Barras and Govan. So, no, he, he's progressing well like any young man. He's going to have to find the consistency to be able to back you up week after week, which is tough to do as a, as a big man. But 
no, we're we're really uh, foolish and, and happy with how he's going. And one of the staple parts of your team over the last few years has been on the wing, being in Carl Amon. Obviously, Carl's moved on and gone to Hawthorne. You guys would have explored a lot of other opportunities to, to see who wants to jump up and take that spot. Is it has it been interesting to be able to explore with who can fill the role? Is there anyone who's moved position to be able to give ex- exposure and opportunity in that role? There's only two of them for the most part. Most people haven't played two. So once Carl locked away one, the opportunity was only there for one other. So being able to free up both wings, um, We've been able to obviously expose Miles Bergman, who's played really quality AFL wing uh, before, and then Xavier Dersmer, who's had sort of interruptions last year uh, as they've been put a full pre-season together on the wing. And we've also been able to, just because of the you know, the depth of the half-back, been able to um, expose um, Riley Bonnet to the wing as well, which is which is a nice element to add as well. So, now again, thankfully this time of year we're healthy, so we're fortunate that we've got We've got options in, in a lot of positions, which is good. And Luke, last year had every right to fragment the group with the start you guys had. I've always been a big fan of Ken, how he handles the situations and his optimism and positivity. And it's clear the group's tight, which you mentioned before. Is it, is it something that you feel organically is it, will just take care of itself with not having to refer back to the start? Because like, every footy club in Australia says they want to have a good start of the season and in a game, but... How do you feel as though the group's maturity is, is, is re- ready for to launch into a season? Yeah, I think the way you finish the year definitely matters in terms of how you can come into pre-season. So the fact that we were able to really put together a second half of the year that was really strong and looked more like the football that we were capable of, that that just naturally builds belief within this group of, well, we know our, our best is good enough, yet we didn't get things quite right in those first five rounds. Um, sometimes you just need a few things to go your way and it, and it breaks a little bit differently. But I think the way we finished the year and how we've been able to put our pre-season together, um, that's that's why the belief's really strong around what we can do this year. Yeah, I think you're bang on. Just from experience of being that situation with a team that's rattled home and some people think it's all a bit pie in the sky and yeah, you're scrubbing each other's backs, but it's a genuine momentum you can establish both individually and collectively with how you approach that off-season and then launch into the pre-season. Everything I see, read and hear is a high level of fitness, uh, full connectedness and a real belief in how you guys want to play. And your observations of the training, has it been a different emphasis on more footy or the balance of conditioning and footy? Have you guys made adjustments there at all? Well, I think I think our high performance team have always been outstanding at providing a really strong base of running. I think that's one thing that the boys they trust in their off season programs and they trust in the pre season that when they turn up round one they're going to be ready, which it gives us um, even more confidence as coaches to inject the football. We've been able to probably inject a little bit more football, um, a few more game like um, minutes as well. Uh, but yeah, I think in terms of how we've been able to prepare this this off season and this pre season, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of all come together pretty nicely. And numbers on the track has been the other thing. Uh, we've been lucky enough that all in our match simulations we have dropped below eighteen v eighteen the whole time, which again doesn't compromise your off season. It just means you're getting more and more match match like uh, football into yourselves, which is great. That's stiff for you, being a young man, to be able to not be asked to jump into the match play and <laughs> expose some of your form, Luke. Uh, there's a little bit of the old PE teacher. Do as I say, not as I do when it comes to, <laughs> comes to that at times. We've got a few more capable coaches in uh, Hamish Harlow who 
I think he comes out with the jumper on underneath sometimes, but he just <laughs> jumps in whenever he possibly can. So, uh, no, we'll, we'll leave it to some more well-equipped coaches, I think. Just on that, Lou, can you bring the listeners in a bit about your background? You had a period of time at the GWS and have moved to Adelaide to be part of Port's program over the last couple of seasons as well. Can you bring people into your involvement, how you got into the AFL and in your progression so far? Yeah, I started off uh, basically just putting in stats at the uh, at the Geelong Falcons back when I was 18, 19, when I was at uni and then was fortunate enough to get to the Bulldogs as a recruiting analyst and turned into a football analyst there and um, and then, yeah, had a great seven years at the, at the Bulldogs and then after 2016, was fortunate enough to go to the Giants. I was able to start to grow my coaching and under Leon Cameron there, he gave me a great opportunity to do that and yeah, had a, another great five years there and then once the opportunity came to uh, to come across the Port Adelaide. You can't say can't say no to a big club like Port in a football town. I've uh, definitely missed the the passion and the uh, the fans day to day, good or bad. It doesn't. It's just nice to be in in a football town, to be honest. So yeah, been very fortunate in my journey along the way. We've seen glimpses uh, from Josh Sin um, over the preseason. Had some injury injury worries. Uh, where's he at, and and there are expectations to him to force his way into the lineup this year. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, you know, he, he's done an outstanding job. He worked his way through through what the groins, which can be um, obviously can be long term, and he was able to move his way through that really well and and get himself back to a point that a minor setback um, with with the hamstring. So um, he he'll be back running this week. Um, yeah, again, the glimpses that we've seen have been obviously we're, we're um, very confident in the football that Josh can play. But throughout his his last few years, it's just a matter of stringing games together. I think once we once we see him put two, three, four, you know, games together and maybe back to back months, I think we'll, uh, all, all fans will be pretty excited about what he can do. What about Port fans looking at the younger group of players? Is there anyone that sort of stood up in the preseason that uh, maybe not break into the into the round one or round two uh, team, but maybe later in the year that might develop nicely? Yeah, clearly, obviously, the, the young brigade are rolling out each week at AFL level in Butters and Rosie, clearly the, the standouts. But what's what's really been impressive is Ollie Lord pre-Christmas, you know, yep. back down forward. Um, he was showing some really good signs as a, as a really contested forward, which we love to see. Um, Jackson Mead obviously is trying to force his way into a pretty good midfield at this stage, but he's been he's been really impressive, and I think he'll put together some really consistent performances that'll start to start to press his case. Um, yeah, I think we're just in a really fortunate position at the moment that we've got a really nice young group of players that are, are starting to test out the old boys and starting to put some real pressure on spots, and that'll be good for it. for the Magpies. We'll be able to see some really competitive football from the Mags. And uh, and then hopefully that'll lead into AFL as well. All right. And what are the what are the is the expectations of Frio tomorrow night? What are you looking to get out of the game? Oh, another opportunity to really almost connect. You know, sometimes you just you, you need your best eighteen just playing footy together and, and being able to do that for four quarters against Frio. We've shown some really good signs against West Coast in terms of what we've been training all preseason, what we're able to see. Um, all bar the execution point of view, uh, whether or not the the, uh, the gale force maybe out at Fremantle over will allow us to to sort of rectify a bit of the effectiveness. But I think at the moment it's just as long as we see we're we're moving the ball in the way that we like, 
um, and we're able to and able to you know defend and halt the opposition as as often as we can. You're really just looking for four quarters of football together more than anything at the moment. Luke, appreciate your time and coming on the show, and uh, best of luck tomorrow against Frio, and best of luck to the start of the season. No, any time. Really appreciate it. Luke Kelly, development coach with the Port Adelaide Footy Club, and Twig uh, is very composed man. He knows his stuff, and um, look, they've got a really good group. When you you just put all those players that he was naming. It's a really strong lineup, isn't it? Oh, it is. And the thing that I'm really intrigued by with the list compilation that I've put together is when you go Lysette, Hayes, Tickle, Dixon, Vicentini, uh, Finlayson, and then you go Ollie Lord, and then you go Tom Scully, they recruited from West yes. Adelaide. It is land of the Giants. Yes. And I, no doubt, because young Tom McCullum, I think, got picked up as well from Tassie. So they went for a couple of tools with the probably the side of Tom Jonas – and Tom Cleary being more at the back end than the front end of their careers and maybe big Chazza Dixon as well at the other end. So I'll be interested if with full fitness how it all merges because this is a challenge, Bonds. You can have a, a tall list which services your AFL really well when you need, but you can't develop them all at the same rate. So Vicentini misses out in ruck time because Hayes has to play ruck. Yep. And then Tickle, where does he fit if he's playing SANFL? How does that affect Lord, which affects young Scully and all that? And I'm sure they'll manage their – Games like young blokes might play three of every five so they can offset a little bit. But that is a challenge to develop your players when you've got surplus needs in the tall area. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, that's a real challenge for Ken Hinckley is to where does he fit these guys? You know, we're talking that forward line of Dixon, Marshall, Georgiatis, Finlayson. Georgiatis is the other one. You yeah. know, where, where do they, are they, is that your starting four? And is that too tall? Yep. But, yeah. They'll only know that. And I find each year, Bonds, that, it comes to you as a coaching group. You just hope that you land on it quick. <laughs> so you might go, no, we're a three-tall forward crew. All right, so you can be wedded to that. Is it working? Uh, that experience where you think you're a three-tall back and four mediums to smalls, you end up going four-tall backs and it's the model that works. So it's just exploring and but about to explore at a level. And that's why when you ask Luke about what you're looking to get out of it, there'll be some subtle strategic things that Paul will be looking to achieve to say, no, we are confident we can go into the season with that look.